Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. Man, you may be seated. Logan, Emily, Mary-Kate, Sam, Sophie, Chloe, Rivers, Caroline. Who else else am I forgetting here? Not everybody's here today, but we have eight graduating seniors. And today, as Alan mentioned, yes. um, We are going to honor our seniors um, in a little bit, and we're so grateful for them. And today for the sermon, I'm going to do something a little different. Um, I'm going to speak to you seniors. I have found most of you um, in, in this room. Some of you have hidden. Where's Chloe? Is she in here? She, we don't know where she is. She's late. That's why I can't find her. I'll, I'll, make, I'll let her know that I called her out in the sermon. But I'm going to be looking at y'all during the sermon, and I invite the rest of you to, to listen in. But today is um, for these seniors, but I believe that God has something for you uh, to receive from it as well. And, you know, I have known most of you seniors for over half of your lives, which is crazy um, to think that you were Hutch's age or younger when I met you. And, um, and I get to speak to you today from a place of sincere, deep affection for each of you. I really love y'all so much. And I'm really thankful God has given us this time together. And, um, and I know that he is alive and that he wants to speak through his word. And as most of y'all know, who've grown up in the Anglican tradition, we um, preach from a lectionary. So we get assigned passages every Sunday and people all over the world are hearing a sermon from the same passage of scripture. And so today, you are going to get to hear from 2 Corinthians 4, and we're going to focus focus on verses 16 through 18. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians 4, and we're going to look at familiar verses, 16 through 18. And I think these are super appropriate for high school graduates. I'm going to read them for us. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So let's start out with verse 16. Seniors, graduates, do not lose heart. Y'all spent the last 18 years losing a lot of things. Many of you have lost jackets. They're probably still in our basement. If you need to come by and get them later. You have lost phones. You have lost car keys. Some of you have lost cars. Um, and, uh, and a lot of your parents' money. Uh, some of you have lost a lot of sleep. And your parents have lost a lot of sleep. And uh, during a pandemic and doing school online, a lot of you lost a lot of motivation. But you made it. You made it. Way to go. But you've also lost a lot of harder things because of the pandemic. You lost a lot of memories that you were going to get to make during your junior and senior years of high school. And that's a huge loss. And like every adult in this room, many of you have some regrets from these high school years. You've lost hard things like friendships and innocence and trust. And as Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, he knows what you have gone through. He knows what it is like to experience a loss of people trusting you, what it's like to experience a loss of friendships 
he lost a lot of his friends from the first half of his life. He knows what it's like to experience a lot of suffering. He went through suffering that none of us have had to face. He's writing this from a place of true experience, and he's saying, do not lose heart. If anybody has a right to speak this to us, it's the Apostle Paul. He has faced these trials, and he's giving us this encouragement to not lose heart. But what does that mean, to not lose heart? Well, the Greek word here is ekakio, and it's kind of like the word exhausted. He's kind of saying, like, do not become exhausted. Do not wave the white flag. Do not give up. No matter what you are facing, no matter what you're going to face, do not get up. Y'all are about to enter into a brand new season of life. For the last 18 years, you have been children. You have lived in your parents' homes. You've been taken care of. But you are becoming full-fledged adults. Some of you have already voted. You know, you are, you are 18 and older, and you are becoming adults. And you are growing up and becoming adults in a world that is very different from the world that I became an adult in. In the world that your parents became an adult. It's a world where it's easy to lose hope. It's easy to become discouraged, to give up hope, to just want to quit, to feel like you've got no place to belong. Whether that means quitting a relationship, a friendship, a marriage, quitting a school, quitting a job, or even quitting your faith. It is really easy today to quit all of those things. And we live in a world where the world says, you're empowered if you quit, if you give up. It's your right. And Paul is encouraging us a different way. He's saying, don't give up. Do not lose heart. And he's got a really good reason for encouraging us to this because he knows that the other side of not losing heart is a really beautiful picture. So this morning, I want to join my voice along with all your pastors, your youth leaders, Melissa, your parents, your church family, and the Apostle Paul, and encourage y'all to not lose heart. And here's how you do that. We look at verse 18. Paul says in verse 16, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, do not lose heart. And then in verse 18, he tells us how to do that. He says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, I know none of y'all remember this, but when you were in seventh grade um, and we went to Camp Booyah, we had a, a theme for camp that was kind of around this, uh, this, this, this theme. Does anybody remember what the theme was? I know Melissa does. Anybody not Melissa? It was fix our eyes. Say that with me. Fix our eyes. The Apostle Paul is encouraging us to fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Y'all, we are tempted to fix our eyes every day, all day long, for 16 hours a day on things that are seen. We get eight hours by the grace of God where we don't have to fix our eyes on what is seen. We get to rest. But 16 hours a day, we are fixing our eyes on what is seen. I read an awful stat, and I did the math because I was so disturbed by it to see if it was really true. And sadly, I think it's true. But for you 18-year-olds, uh, for those of you who are graduating, by the time you turn 50, the uh, stats say that you will have spent 10 years of your life looking at the internet. 10 years of your 50 years staring at your phone. 
mean, that just made me like sick on my stomach to think about. But it's not just you. It's us. It's us. We are so tempted to fix our eyes on what is immediate, on what is seen. And Paul is saying, hey, you're going to lose heart if you keep doing that. He said, fix your eyes on what is unseen, not what is immediate, but what is eternal. We're really tempted to not just fix our eyes on screens, but we love numbers. We have numbers on our screen right now. We have numbers on our watches. We have numbers on our phones. We have numbers on our report cards. We have numbers on our scales, on our bank accounts, and we fix our eyes on these numbers, and they tell us how valuable we are. We let these random numbers tell us how valuable we fix our eyes on these things. And the, and the crazy thing is, if our bank account's high or if our scale is low, it ends up with one of two things for us. It either takes us to this place of conceit, I'm the man, I got a big bank account and a small waist, or I am defeated. It's conceit or defeat. That's where those numbers lead you. And Paul is like, you're going to lose heart if you focus on those. If you go to college and you get a bad grade. I mean, when I first went to college, I was like a smart kid in my high school. And then I went to Carolina and I was like making these lower grades than I ever made before that I didn't want anybody to see. And I was like, this is legit heart. And I felt legit love. I felt beat down and defeated. Some of you are going to get jobs that don't pay what you want, and you're going to have to start paying for things, and you're going to be like, man, I don't make enough to pay this rent. I mean, how in the world is this supposed to work? And you're going to feel defeated. Some of you feel defeated right now. And Paul knows that you will lose heart if you keep looking at these things that are seen. He says, do not fix your eyes on the temporary, but focus on the eternal, the unseen. Do not live in this place of constant defeat. Conceit. Paul writes in verse 16, he says, Outwardly, we are wasting away. Now, being 18, you don't feel that because you're like, Man, I look the best I've ever looked right now. This is nice. Um, but you are going to start realizing before you know it that your body is, is wasting away. You know, all those people laughing, they spend a lot of money at hospitals. You know, like those people know. That your body is wasting away. And, and it's coming for you. Death waits for no man, waits for no woman. Your body is wasting away. But what you're going to start realizing, it's not just your body. It's all the, the outward things like this. I think my parents probably spent 80 bucks on this when I was in high school. And uh, thank you, mom and dad, if you're watching online. Um, I don't think they are, but you never know. My mom's kind of snoopy. Um, we, uh, I don't even know what this says. Uh, Cronus, 1993, in focus, West Forsyth High School, Clemens, North Carolina. Okay, so my parents bought this, and, um, and I had all, all, Brooke sign this. I don't know who Brooke is. Um, Caroline signed this. I put parentheses justice. Thank you, Caroline Justice. Um, you know, all these people signed my yearbook, and I cared so much what Dominique thought, but I don't know who Dominique is. <laughs> you know, like, I can honestly tell you that until this morning, I don't think I've opened this book in 24 years, but I graduated from high school 25 years ago. And when I was in high school, what people thought of me mattered a whole lot. I cared what Dominique thought, but those things are wasting away as well. The things of this world will quickly fade. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
So how do we not lose heart? We fix our eyes on what is unseen. Now that may sound really hard to do, but actually it's easier than you think. Have you ever um, pictured some regret in your mind that you've done in your past? And you play it like a videotape, like a movie over and over in your mind. You can't see it, but you can see it. Have you ever heard words that were spoken over you that were painful words long ago? You can't hear them. Oh, but you can hear them. Have you ever fantasized over anything? Winning something when I was in eighth grade, I fantasized over being in the NBA. And I saw this poster when I was walking in the gym one day that said one in one million Americans make it in the NBA. Do your homework tonight. <laughs> That's when I gave up that dream. But I tell you, all my middle school years were, I, I slept with a basketball, just like Pistol Pete. I really did. It was disgusting because I would like play in my driveway and then sleep with that thing. But I believed I was going to the NBA. I dreamed it in my mind. I knew what number I was going to be, what I was going to look like, what my rec specs were going to look like when I was in the NBA. Kurt Rambis, you might remember him. I loved the NBA, and that's what I, what I wanted to do. And I still fantasize over it. You know, NBA playoffs, anybody? So good. You know, like I, I still think like maybe. I mean, LeBron's 36. I'm 43. Maybe I can play. Um, that's the uh, narcissistic part of me. That's not real, you know. It, but we fantasize over these things in our mind. We envision both the bad and the good. We can fix our eyes on what is unseen. It plays out in our heads. So what do we do? How do we, how do we actually do what Paul is saying here? How do we fix our eyes on what is unseen? Is that what he's talking about, playing in the NBA? No. He's talking about fixing our eyes on a God that we can't see. But there is a way that we can see that. It's by looking at the person of Jesus. Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. And he is perfect in every way. And he is everything that you want. He is everything that you need. He is everything that the enemy does not want you to have. And so the enemy is going to try to hijack your imagination and your thoughts and what you're seeing in your head, what you're hearing in your ears. The enemy is going to want to distract you every day by having you focus your attention on things that are temporary. We spend so much of our days focused on these temporary things that break their promises to us. But Jesus will never break his promise to you. The enemy hijacks our focus and our attention, and says, this will give you happiness and peace. And he is a liar. It does not work. And y'all are old enough now as seniors that you know this to be true. You've tried these things, and you have seen that the enemy does not keep his promises. So how do you not lose heart as you go forward? By looking at Jesus. Hebrews 12.2, our theme verse for Camp Booyah 2016 was let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus because of the joy set before him. What's the joy set before him? When Jesus went to the cross, his joy, was relationship 
with you, his church. His joy was you, Sophie, and you, Sam. His joy was each of you, Logan and Emily, Mary Kay. That's what Jesus' joy comes from. It comes from you. He is so deeply in love with you. And everybody else will let you down. He will not. He will not. He is constantly reminding you of his love for you. He is constantly chasing you down. I uh, I was reading about Eugene Peterson's funeral. And uh, Eugene Peterson is one of my spiritual heroes. Um, Although... um, you know, I, 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 I wrestle even sharing this um, because I don't want it to feel, because it kind of made me feel like a failure as a dad when I heard this. But, um, but it's so good that I'm going to share it anyway. But his son was speaking at his funeral, his son Lee. And they asked him, what sermon did your dad preach to you um, in, in your life? And uh, he said, there was one sermon that my dad preached to me over and over and over again. And I heard this and I'm like, man, what would my kids say? They were asked this question. And uh, since then, I've like I've started really thinking a lot about that. But here's what Leif said. He said, um, what, I want you seniors to hear. He said, my dad would say, Jesus loves you. He is on your side. He is coming after you, and he is relentless. Jesus loves you. He is on your side. He is coming after you. He's relentless. He wants you to know his love, not because he needs you to love him back, but because he is so wonderful that he doesn't want you to settle for anything less than perfect love. And he's the only place that we can get that. So what Paul is urging you to do is to not lose heart by fixing your eyes on what is unseen, by fixing your eyes on a God who is invisible, but a Jesus who showed us what God is really like the visible expression of the invisible God. We, get, we gotta get so immersed in who Christ is and so immersed in the gospel that we know that this is the true story. So when we hear the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world and the things notifying us and begging for our attention and promising happiness, we know, nope, I'm not gonna fall for that truth. I know the good, true story that Jesus is perfect and that he loves me and that he's coming after me and that he's relentless and he's not going to give up. So how do you not lose heart? You fix your gaze on Jesus every day. You immerse yourself in his word. In John 17, 17, Jesus was praying for his followers and he prayed to God. He said, sanctify them by the truth. God, your word is true. If you want to know Jesus, immerse yourself in his word. Get on your knees every day and talk to him. Don't just talk. Listen to him. And what happens when you do that? What happens when you hear the gentle whisper of God, when you learn what that voice sounds like? It transforms us. In verse 16, it says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Growing up, I thought that following Jesus meant like you sin a bunch, then you pray a prayer, and then you start and you're made new, and then you're good to go. As I follow Jesus, I realized that 
Paul is right on when he uses that phrase, day by day being renewed. Every adult in here can tell you that following Jesus is a daily death and a daily resurrection. It's daily being renewed in Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18, right in the chapter, right before Paul's writing this, he says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. It's like baking a cake. When you bake a cake, you, you know, you put all the good stuff in there and it's, it just kind of looks yucky. You don't want to like eat it. I mean, my wife likes to eat it sometimes, just the cake batter, but you, you don't want to eat it like that. You put it in the oven and you can't see the heat. You can't see it. It's the unseen heat. But what does it do? It makes this cake rise. And it is so good. That's what God wants to do in y'all's lives. As you graduate from high school, you can't see the heat. But he wants to make you into this beautiful cake. And he wants to share that cake with the world. Because you are all amazing. You are beautiful. And God has built you and molded you and made you in a way where he wants to share you with the world. But you often cannot see the renewing and that transforming happening. You can't always feel it, but it happens. The resurrected God reaches into your heart and he breathes life into you. And he makes you new. And how do I know it? Because I, it's happened to me. It happens to me every day. And a lot of days I don't feel it. But last year was like a huge transformation that I went through. And um, many of y'all have like walked with me on that journey. And I, um, I watched God do something in me that honestly I never thought would happen. But it started by me making a hard decision. I, um, I gave up my phone for seven weeks. And um, I decided I wasn't going to fix my attention on my iPhone but I was going to fix my gaze on Christ. And I did that. And um, I, don't, I don't know how it happened. I couldn't see the heat, but it happened. And there's a lot of adults in here who will tell you a similar story. How God has transformed their life. And he wants to do that in you. And he wants to do that every day in you. He's alive. And he's real. Temptations are still real. You're going to face more temptations as you go off on your own than you've ever faced. And our, our devotional book that year at camp, when our, when our theme was Fix Our Eyes, was called The Aim of My Heart. Some of you probably still have it on your bookshelf in the room. And that's, that's what Paul is urging us to do, to not lose heart by aiming our heart, by aiming our gaze on Christ. Scopeia, fix our eyes. We focus our attention on the one who is worthy of it. And y'all, that's our prayer for you as you graduate and you move on, is that you would aim your heart at Jesus, that he would know your love for him and that you would know his love for you, that he loves you and that he's by your side, and that he's coming after you, and that he's relentless.